The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Marion McKenna, Cal Thomas, join us in the United States. Cal, who is Senator Kristen Sinema and why are you writing about her this week? Well, she is uh, the latest uh, to announce that she is leaving the Democratic Party. She's been extremely critical of her own party for some time. Now, there are some people who think she's positioning herself for a re-election run in 2024 because of the growing number of independents uh, that make up the uh, Arizona voting bloc. Uh, it's not going to make a big difference in the makeup of the Senate because Democrats still have a majority, and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has said she will not lose any of her committee assignments. But her criticism of the party is really interesting. And I think uh, Representative Tulsi Gabbard of Hawaii, who recently did the similar thing, really outdid cinema when when she accused the Democrat Party as being, quote, now under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness and of racializing every issue, stoking anti-white racism and actively working to undermine our God-given freedoms enshrined in our Constitution. Boy, that's pretty strong stuff, I'd say. And I think it's, uh, you know, legitimate criticism, not only the Democrats, but cinema uh, is critical of both parties. And she's right. Uh, nothing seems to change. The debt grows. The border remains open. And uh, and people are getting more and more cynical about both parties. And that's why the independents are growing so rapidly in this country. Yeah, Marion McKeown, this binary thing, you're either Democrat or Republican if you're interested in politics. In, how realistic is that for the 21st century in the United States? Well, it's not. It's an outdated model, but it's not one that's going to change because of the role that corporate finance plays in American politics, where you have billionaires like the Koch brothers and, you know, billionaires who fund the Democrats as well. It, it happens on both sides that there's a disproportionate amount of corporate funding that goes into both parties. That's because of a Supreme Court decision back in 2011, but we won't go into the details of that. Um, it's a terrible system. It's one where the corporations now control what happens in America because they fund the candidates. Um, I, you know, Kirsten Cinema. I spent some time down in Arizona before the midterms, and uh, she's wildly unpopular there with both Republicans and Democrats. And from what I could see, independents, there's a perception that she's entirely out for herself. What she's most unpopular for is she refuses to answer to anyone in Arizona. She doesn't meet with the constituents. She, seen, she thinks she, it appears that she's modeled herself on John McCain, who was a hugely popular Republican senator for for Arizona for decades, but McCain was a war hero who was an enormously accessible politician and who seemed to have a lot of integrity, although he vexed Republicans and he probably vexed Democrats as well. But he was a Republican, but a very independent one. I think what she's doing is just positioning herself for re-election. There's a, there's a perception in D.C. and there's also a perception in Arizona, and when I've been to both places, that Kirsten Sinema is out for one person and that's herself. Okay. And Tulsi Gabbard is irrelevant and, and really always has been. So... Cal Thomas, though, what about Marjorie Taylor Greene? How can you ac account for her popularity? You know, they just had this meeting of young Republicans a few days ago in New York. I'm in New York at the moment, but I have nothing to do with that. I want to make that very clear. Uh, is I that on the basis that you're not young, Cal, is it? <laughs> yeah, thank you very much for another ageism comment. Thank you, Matt. Uh, I think this uh, MAGA movement, which started out uh, as being a conservative movement and uh, for balanced budgets and control of the border and restoring uh, certain uh, uh, moral values in America, has now been infiltrated 
infiltrated by the crazies. You look at this uh, meeting a few days ago here in New York uh, with the young Republicans. Uh, they, they had all kinds of nutty people in there from Steve Bannon to Donald Trump Jr. to Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's, who said that if she had organized the January 6th riot at the Capitol, all of those people would have been armed. And that's just hold crazy on, Carol, talk. Carol, hold on there one second. I want to actually play that clip just so we elaborate on it. And I want to tell you something. If Steve Bannon and I had organized that, we would have won. (laughs) Not to mention, it would have been armed. Okay, that sounds like insurrection, doesn't it? Yeah, it sounds like uh, what you would find inside an insane, insane asylum, too, Matt. Uh, this is crazy talk. I mean, this uh, this movement has been infiltrated by hardcore, I hate to call them right-wingers, because I, I think they're far off uh, the map, uh, racists, uh, uh, all kinds of nutty people. And, uh, you know, when William F. Buckley Jr., the founder of National Review years ago, uh, confronted a, uh, a far-right extremist, uh, the, the Hunt brothers, and uh, denounced them openly. And this is the kind of thing that needs to happen, or these movements continue to grow. And where are the conservative voices denouncing these kinds of radical crazies? I don't see any of them. Marion, why is Marjorie Taylor Greene indulged within the Republican Party? Because she's feared. It's absolutely ridiculous. But can I very quickly, Cal, just say MAGA was never about balanced budgets or any of those things. MAGA was always about a group of people who were united about who they hated, who Donald Trump whipped up. Um, It was always a white nationalist anti-immigrant movement. It was never about anything else. So let's not kid ourselves. Uh, It was always run by people like Steve Bannon and and Donald Trump Jr. They were always the face of MAGA. So uh, this um, gathering was a disgrace. But, you know, I've written about this before and I've seen it down at CPAC. These young Republicans are increasingly, it's not the people that people think, it's like old people yelling at Fox News. It's not a lot of the thugs who turn up at the Trump rallies. It's these guys who are the Steve Miller's who are these sharp-suited Jared Kushner lookalikes who've all been educated Ivy League co- colleges and they, they are the people who are running the Young Republicans and other organisations and they have lurched alarmingly to the right and it really is a cause for concern. Now Marjorie Taylor Greene is a clown but she's a dangerous clown. She just wants a microphone. She doesn't care where it is or, or who's holding it. Uh, basically she'll turn up at anything and she is very white nationalist and she's very unapologetic about that. Um, I, she, but the problem for me is Come 2023, Marjorie Taylor Greene will have a seat on one of the most important committees in Congress, the House Oversight Committee, and the congressional leader, the new Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, will be an election denier. So this is where American politics will be in 2023, and it's really not a good look for America that there will be an absolute coward of a Speaker who was an election denier because he he bowed to Trump in the Well, let me put that to Cal. What do you think of Kevin McCarthy being elevated in that way and the responsibility of the Republican Republicans in doing that. We know, Matt, uh, politicians are notorious for flipping their positions on various things, including uh, the current president, President Biden. But uh, I I think uh, Mr. McCarthy, uh, who uh, first claimed that the election was stolen uh, from Donald Trump, and now now he's on the other side, he's uh, he's flipped on a number of things. I think he's weak. I don't think he's very articulate, uh, but uh, he is the leading one at the moment. However, there are a number of uh, very conservative House members who are holding back their support. Now, if uh, if no one, if he, he has to get 218 votes, and of course, uh, 
no Democrat is going to vote for him. That means all of the Republicans uh, must vote for him. He could lose a few because uh, even though they have a slight majority in the House as a result of the election, uh, he could still use, lose a few, but he can't lose all of them. So this could be very chaotic if it's not decided before or by January 3rd. Okay, just to stay with you to start this one, Cal, uh, what do you make of the US Department of Justice believing that the swap deal with Russia to repatriate Brittany Griner was a mistake? Well, the administration has said something about this, and I think it's fairly credible. It's the best deal we could have. We we wanted uh, uh, the uh, the American who's been held there, the uh, the uh, military veteran, uh, for four years, but uh, we couldn't get him. And so uh, the Biden administration said we got what we could get. I think there is some credibility to the uh, position that it was an uneven trade. We gave up the this guy who's been known as the angel of death, a known terrorist of fun of uh, uh, terrorist organizations in exchange for a professional basketball player. But uh, these kinds of things are never perfect. And uh, I think we celebrate the fact that uh, she's back and safe. And uh, uh, But I, I, I agree with some of the people who think that it is it was an e- uneven trade. But if it's the best you can get, you go with what you have. What do you think, Mary McComb? Because this guy, uh, Victor Bouts, who has been set back, I mean, pretty seriously bad individual, an arms dealer. And the deal wasn't for Paul Whelan, an American who I believe also has Irish citizenship. That's right. You know, I agree with Cal on this. This is a totally asymmetric deal. It's it's not just imperfect, it's appalling. But, you know, the, Brittany Griner, the, the way she was held and the cynicism and the way she was used by the Russians, I, I think that Americans should really welcome that the fact that she's now been safely returned to the United States. I mean, this guy... Um, but, booty he you know every war in africa every uprising every every warlord has bought guns and arms from him he's a thoroughly despicable character um i but i i know that paul whelan's family have have been incredibly gracious about this and his brother has said that basically america is doing the right thing and america behind the scenes and this always happens is working furiously to get paul whelan out he will be got out eventually i firmly believe that his brother strongly rebuked donald trump for what he that were really unhelpful comments, you know, about this. And, and um, just, you know, so I think it's you have to let the people who know what they're doing do this behind the scenes, even if it seems to take an awful long time and nothing much seems to be happening for most of that. Marion, I'll stay with you. Stan, Sam Bankman-Fried, the guy who was behind the FTX uh, scam, is facing criminal charges. It wasn't just a question of uh, getting the sums wrong and money getting missing. There are criminal elements potentially to this as well. Yeah, the SEC and New York has it. Well, the New York State has a sealed indictment, I believe. But it's it, it's about fraud, and he will be. It seems sent back to to the United States from the Bahamas. Uh, you know, this is a bizarre case. Like he was twenty seven when when he set this up, or twenty six, twenty seven back in twenty nineteen. Uh, it it was reported to be worth what. $32 billion. Um, you had all these celebrities who were giving endorsements, etc., etc. And, and and then the whole thing just seemed to implode based on a report, an adverse report by an online company and an online news site, I should say. It's, it's to me... It, it, it just shows, look, I know I'm going to sound like an old Luddite, but I was always a bit sceptical about crypto. I never quite got it. And it just seems to me that it was all 
battle from thin air really wasn't it and then it all seems to have evaporated and uh, that mm-hmm. could be me it is me speaking from a position of ignorance but it seems that this young guy just managed to get an enormous amount of money like billions and billions of dollars without anything that i could see that could be showed for it other than hype and hubris yeah. and just to finish cal a positive note could it be that the worst of inflation in the united states is over that it is now going into decline Well, we certainly hope so, Matt. Uh, The numbers last month, 7.1% increase. Some people, including the Biden administration, are celebrating this. But, you know, if your bread and your eggs and your milk are up substantially from what they were two or three years ago, I don't think you're going to celebrate any kind of increase. I think I said on the show last week I bought a dozen eggs for over $5 and and a, a loaf of bread for over $7. Granted, it was kind of a specialty bread, you know, made for old people, as you might say. But uh, still, uh, you know, an increase is an increase. But I think we all celebrate that it's down and the stock market is up today, which uh, uh, as one invested in it, I'm very happy about. And hopefully you hadn't invested anything in crypto. Cal Thomas, <laughs> Marion McKeown, <laughs> thank you both very much for being with us here on The Last Word of Today FM. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.